fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the show. It's a Friday. I know you are excited and what a day it's been. It's been crazy today. There is a lot of things. There's no way we're going to get through all of them, but we'll try our darndest because that's just what we do. Welcome into the show. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. But we are all over the country, multiple radio stations, multiple TV stations, live streaming and podcasting wherever you may be watching or listening. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Big show lined up. Bottom of the hour, Professor Ben Teitelbaum. He's with the University of Colorado in Boulder. I know. We got him, we got him on. It's always it baffles me when we always have someone from Boulder coming on this program, but we do. He's a great guy. He's a great friend. I love having him on the show. It's been too long since we've had him on. And he is author of the book War for Eternity, the Steve Bannon book. We had to get him on to talk about Steve Bannon and the whole issue going on there, plus student activism going on on campus this fall as well. But before we do any of that, because that's a big lineup already, then we have, of course, COVID updates. Then, of course, we have the spending reconciliation package from the Democrats that passed that in the House of Representatives this morning. So there is a lot of things to do. But first, before any of that, we got to start a Friday on some good news. H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. Fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Wow. Cross the board. Not guilty. Now, we had a feeling that's the way it should go. We thought that's the way it needed to go, but it actually happened, and I think that's wonderful news, isn't it? That's good news for the day, to be able to wrap up the weekend. Now, unfortunately, there is a security alert, and the law enforcement are on high alert in Wisconsin right now because, you know, they already have their pallets of bricks, and they're ready to start going crazy. Because remember, it's not just about letting justice be served based on the jury of your peers in your community but it's either you do justice the way we want it to or we will destroy your town and unfortunately that's what's going to happen in wisconsin so there has been a call from the governor on national guardsmen to go there there has been a high alert for law enforcement and i think it's going to be a long weekend and i'm wondering if that's what was the delay for the jury to make their decision over the last few days because it should have been a very clear-cut dry, at least in my opinion. Maybe they were really seriously, honestly looking at it deep down in there to see, is there any chance this isn't? Is there any chance that it's not? But they came to the conclusion that it is not guilty all across the board. I think that that's something we need to celebrate. You know what's really sad? Anybody under the age of like 25 right now had no clue what that reference actually was. Welcome back into the show. We had a lot to, I, I, I don't want to focus a lot of time on it because it's done. It's over. Now, how do we move forward? This is a bigger win than just Kyle Rittenhouse. This is a big win for the Second Amendment because self-defense is such a major issue right now that that needs to be, I mean, self-defense in the Second Amendment just won this court case. 
Because let's look at the alternative. If it didn't go this way, what would have actually happened is that they would have said, sorry, even if you are bombarded with three or four people on top of you, even if you had a horde of mass people running after you, you had a skateboard trying to hit you, you had someone kicking you, you had someone pull a gun before you even tried to use your firearm, they could do all of that stuff, but yet you're not allowed to use your firearm for self-defense. If that was the way things would have fallen, if that's the way the chips would have fallen in this case, it would be over for the Second Amendment in a large way. But it did prevail. And the Second Amendment and self-defense laws did stand up and hold up, and God bless Kyle. Now, here's the good part is that now Kyle Rittenhouse gets to go after every social media or every media outlet out there. All of them, CNN, MSNBC, the White House with the Biden administration, all of the media that said over the last year since this has happened that he's a white supremacist, that he's just a murderer, that he hates black people, that he's just wanting to go and kill people. He's a murderer. He's a domestic terrorist. All of these things. The law says otherwise now because the jury of the peers have announced and made their statement and said otherwise. So therefore... Now he gets to go after all of them for defamation. You remember the other kid that stad, uh, stood there with the Native American, like beating the drum in his face because the Native American was trying to be an activist and he was trying to bring peace, but he wasn't bringing peace because he went to a rowdy crowd anyways and started getting in their face and thinking that he was all mightier than them. And they tried to claim that the kid who sat there and stared at him and stared him down with a MAGA hat on was a white supremacist. Obviously not the case. And he won like $250 million on all these defamation cases. He doesn't have to work another day in his life. So thanks, media, for giving the guy that you hated, giving him the money and publicity to live a life of luxury because of your stupid actions. Guess what? Now you get to do it all over again with Kyle Rittenhouse. Remember the whole mantra of like, you know, you should learn your lesson. And, you know, the first time, shame on you. The second time, shame on me. You would think that after a while you can try and reinvent the wheel all you want to, but after a while you realize that maybe that's not the case and maybe I should just stop talking because, you know, you're just going to do something stupid. So, well done. Kyle Rittenhouse is going to be a very wealthy individual and he has come out on self-defense, although he's still got to hold it with his conscience for the rest of his life. He killed two people. That's a horrible position to be in. And I think it started to hit him because when all the not guilty charges came out, he literally just about fell to the ground and started crying. I think it's starting to hit him that it's over and he did the right thing. Should he have been there in the first place? Probably not. Probably not. But at least he did show a solid case of self-defense and thank goodness for that. So that is one bit of good news today. The other bit now here in Wichita where I'm at in the flagship of my station, it is a very cloudy, dreary day. And I have a feeling why it is a cloudy, dreary kind of day. Probably it's because Kamala Harris is leading the country at this moment in time. I, yeah, I know. I told you I tried to lead off with the positive story of the day. This is a very concerning thing, although it's somewhat comical as well. Enjoy the power while you can. Because it ain't going to last very long as Kamala is currently in charge after Biden is undergoing a colonoscopy. Ahead of his birthday and makes, according to the sun.com, makes Kamala Harris acting president during the hospital visit. I've never heard of that before. I am assuming now this is just me throwing this out wildly. I did not Google this. I did not research this. I did not look at it prior to because I don't really need that much personal information from these presidents. However, I am curious how many presidents 
have undergone colonoscopies while in office for the four to eight years that they've been in office. I'm assuming that the majority of presidents that are usually in their 60s or 70s, usually while they're in office, for the most part, have probably undergone colonoscopies while they were in office. The next question for me is how many of them actually deferred their power to the vice president for a day while they went under the operation? Now, thank God, I'm in my mid, I guess, early to mid 30s. I have not had a colonoscopy. I don't plan to do so. I'm never, I'm never doing that. 30 years later, you know what's going to happen. But nonetheless, I have yet to have one. I don't know how much of an in-depth operation that is, but Kamala Harris is in charge of the country for the day. According to the sun.com, here's the letter the White House wrote. Today, I will undergo a routine medical procedure requiring sedation in view of present circumstances. I have determined to transfer temporary powers and duty of the office of the president of the United States to the vice president during the brief period of the procedure and recovery. In accordance with the provisions of Section 3 of the 25th Amendment to the United States, the letter shall can, uh, constitu- uh, constitute my written declaration that I am presently unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office. Very strange. And it's happening at a weird time because just two days ago, three days ago, we saw the news that Kamala may not be vice president very much longer. Is this the trial and error, the test run that she's going to have before they remove her from office? Like, hey, enjoy the power for now because soon it's not going to go anywhere. You're not going to have this power. It's going to go to the wayside. You will disappear from all of our knowledge because everybody dislikes you. She's got the lowest approval rating of any vice president. She's sitting at like 27 to 29% approval in the country right now. Joe Biden's not far from that either. But she did do an interview yesterday. She was out speaking a little bit today for the first time. And I don't know how long where she finally peeked her head up out of the underground bunker that she's been hiding in, tried to say a few words and probably going back down afterwards. Is this the trial run to see if there's a daily bump in presidential approval ratings while she's there to decide on whether she's going to remain that and him be like, you know what, I'm just old and not feeling well. I don't even remember my name half the time, and I'm going to go to the wayside. Or, you know what, it's time to find somebody different. And the reason I bring that up is because there was audio. This was head tip to Fox News where they were talking to uh, Tucker Carlson, I believe saying that there has been rumor, tweet, tweet, within the White House and the executive branch about trying to replace her under the 25th Amendment. You know, just to kind of let you guys in on a little secret here, I was, you know, told about two to three weeks ago, maybe this pertains to the Supreme Court, maybe this pertains to, you know, changing the ticket before you get into 2024. You know, FDR, seem, seemingly he burned through a, a vice president almost every every time he was up for office. But I got an email from somebody who really knows this place very well, who said, Chad, Start to familiarize yourself with the confirmation process, just not in the Senate, but the House for a vice president. Of course, we've not gone through that since, uh, you know, President Ford picked Nelson Rockefeller. Uh, Again, as you know, uh, Brett, I'm always playing defense and preparing for things like that. But I was very surprised to get that very cryptic email just a couple of weeks ago. Very cryptic email. Yeah, I love that. That's hilarious. A very cryptic email. Now, for those that may not understand the process to remove the uh, vice president, the president can remove them. And then you have a vacancy of the office of the vice president. The president nominates somebody and then they have to get a majority of votes in both the House and the Senate. So it's a relatively simple process. But 
Uh, Chad Pergram was the guy here that revealed that cryptic email saying that they are working behind the scenes to remove her. So to give her power temporarily for a day, I find quite fascinating. Because while they despise her and they're not getting along, again, the lover's quarrel that we totally called out the, all the way at the beginning... You can't call the guy a racist on the debate stage and then expect to work hand-in-hand hand on issues later on down the road. Apparently, that's still floating around in the administration is the racism, quote-unquote. That's not me. That's what we're hearing internally, the little whispers and the, the whistleblowers coming out of the administration right now, is that they're just not getting along. They have different views on issues. They tried to give her some duties and responsibilities early on with the immigration issue, and it flopped miserably. And now they're trying to figure out what do we do? Every time she comes out, the poll ratings go down. They are hurting going into the midterms next year, and they're blaming it on her. Eventually, here's my prediction here on The Voice of Reason, she's going to be the fall gal. She's going to be the one to take all the consumption of the bad policy from Biden, go to the wayside. They're going to get somebody else in there to run uh, and at least come up here during the midterms. And that's going to be the fresh face going into the midterms for the Democrats because they don't have anything else. But to them, they're like, oh, hey, there's going to be a, f a fresh new blood. There's going to be someone exciting. There's going to be someone popular within the Democrat ranks. And that's going to energize Democrat voters to get into the polls next year for the midterms to help out Democrats. And I think this is being played strategically. It makes sense. But she's going to be the fall gal. Well, e or either that or they see a small bump in approval ratings for her for the day or two that she is the acting president of the United States. And then that's their excuse to boot out Joe Biden and have her run things with, again, a fresh new face coming in as the new VP under Kamala Harris that's going to help go into the midterm elections. Either way, they are positioning themselves for a resurgence of a fresh view of the Democrats going into the midterms because they know how unpopular they are at this moment in time. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss Parker. 
part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a Friday. It's a great Friday. Get ready for the weekend, the last weekend before Thanksgiving. Can you believe it? Are you running around trying to get your last little bit of goodies? We'll talk about that throughout next week. Keep it a little lighthearted. Have a little fun on the show next week getting into Thanksgiving. The prices of meat, though. Holy cow. The prices of the food. Holy cow. I'm telling you, no matter where you may be all over the country, it. <laughs> a little excessive right now thank you joe biden your 6.2 percent inflation rate it makes me feel so good to drive to family and be able to buy a big old turkey and have some fun for the holidays they asked they were asked about it too and actually so yesterday kamala harris did an interview talking about that as she was with george stephanopoulos and asked about hey the economy's bad thanksgiving's coming up what are you guys doing about this to try and solve this issue you know, because you guys are, this is me, not him, but you're spending too much money, you're raising inflation, you're stopping a lot of the exports and imports coming in, you're stopping a lot of the transportation, you're causing a wage war, which in turn has caused a labor shortage. What are you doing to rectify the situation? Well, you stop your garbage and your agenda, your crap agenda, to try and implement, you know, actual free market capitalism to allow the economy to get back on track. I just kind of did it verbatim there, but this is what he actually had to say in her response. You know that as Americans are feeling pretty sour about the economy as we head into the holidays, it's going to cost more to drive home for Thanksgiving, more to put the turkey on the table, more to buy gifts for the kids at Christmas. What can you do about these high prices? How long is it going to take? Well, first of all, it's real and it's and it's rough. Uh, groceries, the cost of groceries has gone up. The cost of gas has gone up. And as this is all happening in the context of two years of a pandemic, it's one of the highest priorities actually for the president and for me. And so we're dealing with this issue in a number of ways. Short term, one of the issues is the supply chain. We're seeing a bottleneck and we need to relieve that bottleneck. So we brought together everyone from the Teamsters to Target to say, hey, let's all bring everyone together from the truckers to the folks who are moving product and let's open up some of our major ports for work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's happening and we're seeing great results. Long term, we need to bring down the cost of living and that's a long-standing issue. And so we passed this week the infrastructure bill and that's what we intend to do when we get the Build Back Better agenda passed. Wow. There, first off, I apologize for needing to play her screechy, annoying voice. I mean, come on, everybody just admits like she her cackle is even worse than Hillary Clinton's. I know. <laughs> no, stop it. Stop it. But I think she wins the award for the amount of times you can lie in a single minute response. Can we just admit again? Oh, can we play that again? I, I got some response like, oh, my gosh, you played it. <laughs> Although she is not powering up. She's kind of powering down right now. I should get that sound effect, too. She, I think she wins for the amount of times that you can lie in a single one-minute response. First off, you're not working on it. 
you've created it. You're not working on it because you're not relieving the restraints and the stranglehold you have on the private sector. You're not relieving it because you yourselves are the ones that are not allowing these ships to be ported and to be undocked. You're not allowing it because you're the ones that created a wage war wanting people to fight for quote-unquote higher wages, and then they left, and they're on these social programs and right now we have the hospitality industry, we have the auto industry, we have the truck driving industry, we have the restaurant industry, the bar and nightclub industry. We have tons of these industries that can't get workers because they would rather stay at home on the social programs or they're trying to go out to different industries because you're trying to tell them that, well, you know, you can fight for $25 an hour. You've created that. You've created high energy prices by not producing oil locally, but instead waiting for OPEC and then laughing and being like, OPEC won't give us any more. Guess there's nothing we can do. You've created it. And then at the same time with inflation, you just talked about an infrastructure package. We have a social programs package that's $2 trillion that's going to cause massive inflation. And you're saying you're trying to take care of the people. Taking care of them does not result in getting the stuff off off the docks and into the shops by workers not on the social programs but actually working the voice of reason with andy hoosier hey it's andy hoosier while you listen to the delightful broadcast of the voice of reason don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites whether you're using facebook youtube twitter minds.com or instagram we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. That's the way we roll halfway through the program here on a Friday, getting you set for the weekend. The greatest time of the week, obviously, going into Thanksgiving week. I know that most people are going to be like glazed over and completely like irrelevant for their work over the next few days going into Thanksgiving next week. So we'll try and get you prepared for that. Have some fun with it. Welcome back in radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, we have the live stream up at Hoosier Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. That's on our Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv. We also have our social media, our Instagram, TikTok, OurFreedomBook.com, and of course the website at HoosierReason.com, so you can find us all over there. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. We've got some fun guests coming up next week that I want to tease you about here in just a little bit. But right now, there's so much going on. We have to try and touch on as much of it as we can. Let's get into our What's Trending. What's Trending Today. And joining us this half hour, super excited to chat with this guy. It's been way too long since we've had him on the show. He is author of two books, Lions of the North, also War for Eternity, the book on Steve Bannon. He is a professor at the University of Colorado in Boulder. 
I know. And great friend. We love having him on the show. Professor Ben Teitelbaum with us here. Ben, how are you, my friend? It's a pleasure to be with you, Andy. Oh, it's so it's always good to talk to you. It's been a while since we've chatted, and now that we're getting into the fall season, I'd say things keep to be moving just a little bit faster. The news in D.C., there's a lot of stuff going on. It's it's hard to keep up with some of this, isn't it? Oh, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, and, and I know there's there's there are all these proverbs, right? May you live in interesting times or something like that. I've, I've never liked them. It's 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 just craziness trying to keep up with all this. stuff. Yeah, trying to keep up with it all, and just I I don't know how a lot of people do that one. Let's start off with you at the university, and uh, you're still you're still rocking it there at University of uh, Colorado in Boulder. Obviously, there was news today with the Kyle Rittenhouse case. There's the new administration that's going on. I'm assuming, even though it's kind of an off political year. Activism from students, where are they at? Are they still pretty active? Are they really engaged? Are there a bunch of fired up individuals? I mean, what have you felt and seen going on with students uh, right now in university? You know, there, there's always a divide, I think, between kind of the loudest students. And I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about loud in a lot of different ways here. Yeah. Um, and and then the, the rest of the student population. And I, I think that in a lot of universities, I mean, CU Boulder's got to be one of the great test cases for this. Yeah. But in a lot of universities, there is a lot more diversity of thought than what comes out. It's just that the students, you know, students who are thinking in different ways, different clubs, then they're not all equally vocal about it. Sure. Um, they don't all jump out. And some of some of that some of that is because there's a there's a bit of an imbalance. I mean there's students who are afraid to speak and say what they think. And and that's why you don't hear them. Other times, it's it's just a it's a sort of lifestyle preference. There there's there are activists, and then there are people who are like, you know, for whom activism is their life and their identity in the world, and they make sure to be to be very very loud and heard. So sure. all of that is to say, I, I have a slightly more optimistic view of, of universities than I think what what some might might have. Well, that is good news. And I know that you, uh, do you still do it? Or I know you used to do it, like sponsor the college Republicans as the kind of professor sponsor to keep them on campus. I mean, do you still do that? Well, I've never been, I've never been a, like a, a sponsor in that, in that way. No, but what it, it's more been informal that I think students with, you know, who are coming from the right feel and have been talking to each other and know that they're, they're, they're comfortable in my classes. Sure. And know that I'm not out to get them, and that I'm not actually interested in just narrowing the the conversations that we can have. Um, so it's it's been informal, but uh, uh, but man, I hope so. I, yeah. I hope they continue to feel that way. That's, well, yeah, that's I mean, cool. yeah, kind of embrace you a little bit. Is it like you said, kind of that safe zone of hey, they're not you're not going to come after them, which I really wish. If I was back in college, and maybe I'll just have to take a random course and just come and enjoy your class a little bit because not only do you talk about really really cool stuff, but you're right, it's just a place for engagement and conversation, which I think a place like Boulder absolutely needs, and it's really good to see that thrive. Oh yeah, oh yeah. In a way, Andy, it's I could even say that it's entirely selfish because. The, the alternative to that, that seems like common sense, I have to say, and now I'm going to sound pessimistic again, but to some, some of my colleagues, where, where you say, okay, in my classroom, we have this very narrow range of ideas and positions that we can express and, and deal with and be okay with. Sure. That seems like a nightmare to me. I'm right. just speaking, I'm sincerely just speaking selfishly. Like, I don't want to live in a world, I don't want to be in conversations where I have to surveil everyone's opinions. And I can only talk to someone if they meet all of the criteria on this long checklist. Well, it gets boring I, in an I echo chamber, it. doesn't it? Oh, it's a horrible echo chamber. Yeah. It'll, and literally, I, I mean, it stultifies people, makes you stupid yeah. to be to be that way. That's the one. 
that that's a, a problem. You know, the left has a lot of cultural power right now these days. Um, you know, they really do dominate the public conversation in a lot of areas. And the long-term effects of that are going to be, I think, that the left gets, you know, this is sound like, maybe sound like an understatement to some of your listeners, but they're going to stultify themselves. Sure. They're going to be less intelligent than they would be otherwise because they're constantly managing the information that they have to deal with. And that's that will come back to bite them. No, I completely agree. I really wish I've invited a lot of progressives, a lot of liberals on the program to try and do a fun debate because you and I know that when you actually do a formal debate and you chat with individuals, nothing's personal and you can get heated based on your thoughts on what you think is the right idea. But I despise echo chambers. It drives me nuts because it gets boring. I'm tired of hearing the same talking points, the same rhetoric over and over, the same bumper sticker arguments. I want it challenged. And for me, if I can challenge it and it comes back and I'm able to defend it, I believe the issue more. If I can't, yep. if I challenge it and I can't defend it and I see a hole in my or a weakness in my argument, then guess what? My 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 thought process is going to evolve a little bit. It's great for you. I mean, exactly. I wish more people thought that way, Andy, because you, in that case, like you're the one who benefits. Yeah, exactly. It's a wonderful thing. And the person who refuses to let that happen is hurting themselves, but they don't understand it that way. They have all these ways of talking about it to justify, uh, you know, that they're, you know, they're not two equal sides to every debate. Of course, we know that, but it none of it gets to the heart of the matter, which is that if if you have control over over an area, if it's a classroom, if it's a newspaper, an editorial page, you can very easily suck up all the oxygen in there, and and you will suffocate. Yeah, it drives me nuts. I, I don't like it. Professor Ben Teitelbaum, uh, Ben Teitelbaum, or Benjamin Teitelbaum.com is the website. Go and check it out, all the books that he has as well. Real quickly, I, I want to talk about COVID. I know that you study a lot on Scandinavian countries. I, every time you come on the show, I got to play a Montemarth and we got to do the Viking medal because that's the way we roll, baby. But uh, I, I got to get your thoughts on the COVID pandemic. And I don't know, have you studied much on how they've responded during the, the pandemic over in those countries and how well they're doing compared to kind of the, the, the process that we've taken here in the in the U.S.? I, I have, although I've got, to, I've got to tell you, I can't make a lot of sense of it. Uh, everyone is wanting to pull a political point from it. I mean, Sweden is pretty famous for having said no to lockdowns and masks. Um, initially, if you compared them with other countries that have similar healthcare systems as they have, the results didn't look good. And, and they still don't really, although today, I mean, their deaths are incredibly low. And Norway and Denmark have had little flares, but they're all kind of they're all doing pretty well. Um, you know, on the other hand, you could say that, you know Denmark did lock down, but their economy is 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 still quite strong. Um, so I'm not, you know, as we're trying to pick lessons out of Scandinavia, I think this is, in a lot of cases when people are looking at at Scandinavian exceptionalism, it's actually very hard to do so. It's really hard to get a clear message from what is working, what is not working. They're very different societies. Interesting. Uh, the one thing I have noticed that kind of popped up to me as a bit of a difference is how the medical industry has led that charge, as you mentioned. I mean, just the style of how we've done things with them not locking things down. I, I listened to an interview, I believe it was from a doctor from, from Sweden, um, where he was talking about not locking things down, not wanting the mask mandates, not mandating the vaccine sort of thing, because it's now airborne. we got to learn to live with this thing. We need to start building auto, a, a natural immunity to try and hit that herd immunity. I mean, that conversation, at least from that doctor that I had heard, is vastly different from what we've heard from, you know, Fauci and some of those here where we have to lock things down, wear the mask, social distance, get the vaccine or else we're all going to die mentality. And I found that interesting. You're, you're probably talking about Anders Tegnell, who is their, yes. who's their main, yeah, uh, that's going to be their, kind of their lead um, 
what would it be the epidemiologist working on this? Yeah. I, I mean, that's, it's, that, that's his approach to this. And it, it, certainly you have to know a lot of the conversations in the U.S. right now are turning to, okay, how do we deal with this as an endemic? That is to say that coronavirus is now part of our population. Yeah. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do about it? And to their credit, the Swedes were, were talking about that first. Um, it's still, I still think there's, there are debates to, ha- to be had about exactly how they approach it, but there's something forward-looking about, about, and something realistic about saying this virus is not going away. So what do we do about it? Yeah, it is interesting to see not just how the virus is spread in the cases, but also how the response from society in general with them keeping things relatively open with us kind of, I think, in a quasi shutdown lockdown, yet we don't want to. And then we hear the cases out of like Australia to where they're quarantining individuals that don't get a vaccine and they not even allowed to go get groceries, essentially. And just how every society's treated this thing just a little bit different. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you see some you see some national characteristics punch out there. People tend not if we're thinking of Sweden, people tend to think of Sweden as being very collectivist, right? Yeah. Um, that's why they have their welfare states and the and the you know public health care and things like that. What people miss with Sweden is that a lot of those programs, there's actually a sort of hyper individualism in Sweden. It expresses itself differently than it does in the U.S., but they do not like, in fact, to be told what to do. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. So so this is this has really been a, a case study in, in, into how different societies think about individualism, collectivity, authority. That is very fascinating. We're talking with Professor Ben Teitelbaum. Let's take a break here, real quick. When we come back, I want to shift gears a little bit. Your latest book, War for Eternity. We had you on. Uh, what was it? About a year ago when that came out, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah right. about a year ago. So when we come back, I want to talk about that book. And obviously with the latest news from Steve Bannon, uh, he's been in some heat. Is he going to see some jail time? What could happen there? Since you got some sit-down one-on-one time with Steve Bannon just a few years ago and wrote that book, War for Eternity, we'll touch on that. Plus, we'll get you set for the weekend. So much to cover, so little time. It's here on The Voice Reason for a Friday. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Moving through the day already. Goes by way too fast. Welcome back into the program. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Little programming note for you. We are going to be making an announcement here, oh, I don't know, in the next few weeks or so on some really exciting stuff with the show. Really exciting stuff with the Hoosier Media Network as well. So we are growing by leaps and bounds. We got some cool stuff. We'll let you know about that here coming up soon. We got just a few minutes left going into... The end of a Friday, Professor Ben Teitelbaum hanging out with us here. And I, I didn't play the Amonomarth. Although, did you see they came out with a new single? They came out with a new hit. I'm excited to see this new album coming out soon. Oh, I didn't know about that. Okay, yeah. you're, you're, you're up to date, man. I'm impressed. Hey, well, that's about the only one that I follow. So there is that. Although, I will ask you, and they were, I was so upset that they were in Red Rocks a couple weeks ago. I was not aware that, or else I totally would have made a weekend out of it. Uh, have you heard of the band called High Lung? They were at Red Rocks a few weeks ago. I can't believe I missed them. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I, I have young kids, Andy. I don't, I'm, I'm so uncool. <laughs> I'm so out of touch. I'm a professor, of course, so I have, I have an excuse. But That's man, right. Yeah. yeah. No, they, uh, I, I think they're from either Germany or they're from uh, Scandinavia somewhere. But And they're not heavy. They're actually more of like a... Uh, a folk band and they come up with like all these uh, uh, yeah all the instruments that they made out of like animal skins and stuff and they do it's almost like a like a shamanic ceremony that they do up there and it's really fascinating i love them uh and they do everything in like five different languages i got a beautiful singer and i really it was the only performance they did in the u.s was in red rocks a few weeks ago and i missed it Oh, no way. No yeah. way. I've heard of Norwegian bands kind of like that. There's there's a famous one that comes through occasionally. But. Yeah, wow, pretty entertaining. Cool. Yeah, so I guess I'll have to watch on the radar to make sure they come back. Anyways, let's get back to this here. War for Eternity, your book you came out with last year uh, regarding Steve Bannon. You got to sit down with him for quite a bit of time and, and talk, and we've, we've talked about this. I find it extremely fascinating. I've read it. I love the book. Obviously, there was some big news this week with Steve Bannon. He's been in and out of the courts. He turned himself in on Monday. They were going to do the arraignment yesterday. And I looked up, and there's really not a lot of news that came out from yesterday. But what is the latest, and what's your thoughts on this whole situation about him, quote-unquote, lying to, to Congress and, and being in contempt with Congress and potentially seeing some jail time? Well, he's so, – so first, yeah, I mean, he's been indicted. He there There is the prospect of jail time. There's – I think a reasonable expectation that it's going to be a hard case to prosecute just, just because of the nature of these things, they almost never, never actually end in jail time hmm. uh, for being in contempt of Congress and, ref- and refusing to, to follow the orders of a subpoena. Uh, but that's where he is. I, I tell you, the first thing that stuck out to me, Andy, and this is me, after having written my book, there were so many people, especially in the U.S., not so much globally, but in the U.S., who said, Steve Bannon is irrelevant. This guy is a joke. There's one reason we keep talking about him, and that's because he's good at getting media publicity for himself. End of story. And that, <laughs> somewhere along the line, everyone changed their mind about him. 
Because mm. he cannot be irrelevant the way that, that everyone seemed to be thinking that he was, and then be this vital to the congressional um, investigation. Sure. Right. To, to the extent they they have to have him, and they and they and they think that that you know he's he's a supremely material witness uh, to the events of January January sixth. So honestly, I I think I think it you know a congressional subpoena has to have some authority behind it for it to mean anything in the future at all. So I understand Congress's those people who voted in favor. I understand their position, not really for any other reason other than that 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 it has to matter if you subpoena somebody. Sure. Um, on the other hand, my 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 greater interest these days is is what what is what's the media think of Steve Bannon, and and is it possible that they just overnight switch their their positions and impressions of him, um, you know, without mentioning anything? Obviously, it is. They do things like that all the time. But it's just it's just pretty surprising to stand on the sidelines and watch the whole thing play out. It really is. And you're right. I mean, the media doesn't like to give him much attention, but I'm wondering if that's not kind of the example of, well, he worked with Trump. Now we're going after Trump. So if we get him, then we've taken just a little piece of Trump and his legacy as well. And I think that's the value they've kind of placed on him, isn't it? It, it could be. It could be that this is the next best thing. And, and I think there is a, you know, kind of a fantasy vision for the left that you know, as years go by, the whole Trump episode, they will just pick it apart piece by piece, and all all the chips will fall, and sure. finally Trump will get his comeuppance. And that that's something that they, I, I think, is attracting them. At the same time, if you listen to their commentary, they say, Bannon is the mastermind all of a sudden. He knew what was going on. He controlled it. We have to hear from him. So, he was the one doing the I whole thing. Know. Oh, man, I love it. Professor yeah. Ben Teitelbaum, BenjaminTeitelbaum.com. Is go, go and check it out. Check out the books. Ben, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. You're a great friend. I love it. we got to get you on the show again soon. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Hey, Andy. always a pleasure as well. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Radio side, we'll back at it on Monday to get you set for the Thanksgiving holiday. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.